Isaac was important. Really, really important. You see, before he was born, God had made a promise to his father, Abraham. And God had promised Abraham that even though he was old, even though he was advanced in years, that he was going to become the father of a nation. And that through that nation, through those people, God was going to bring about the salvation of the world. So when Isaac was born, it was a confirmation of that covenant. It was a reminder that God was faithful and that God fulfills his promises. And so that's what makes this passage of scripture so difficult. Genesis 22 verses 1 through 17. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here am I. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood from the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. And so they both went together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord Will Provide. As it is said to this day, On the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Now this is a really tricky story to interpret, especially if we're looking for something applicational. Because this isn't a story teaching us to sacrifice and then God will provide in the end. That if we're willing to give up everything, then God will find a better way. This isn't really a story about Abraham or Isaac. This is a story about God. And this is a story about the faithfulness of God and the trustworthiness of his promise. Because when you read the story, you think, what could possibly possess a man to be willing to kill his own son? I have two daughters. I can't imagine living without them. 
And yet here we have Abraham taking his only son that he loves and marching him up this hill to a place of sacrifice. And even beyond just his love for Isaac, knowing that he's taking with him all of the things that Isaac represents. The promise, the covenant that God made to Abraham was fulfilled in Isaac. The faith of Abraham is breathtaking. Because we even see a hint when Abraham tells the two men to stay behind. He says, we've got to go up this hill, but we'll come back and see you later. His faith is amazing because it's not blind faith. It's the same reason that Abraham was able to get up and leave his father's tent and walk to a place that God had for him, even though he didn't know where it was. That's what gave him the ability to take his son up that hill because he knew God. He knew who God was. And so Abraham never wavered because he not only knew the promise of God, but he knew the God of the promise. He knew the God that had the power to do all things. And he understood that Isaac was the promise and that God was faithful. And so because of that, he knew that even if Isaac had to be raised from the dead, that he and Isaac were coming back down this hill because he trusted God to do it. I tell people a lot that faith is a struggle for me. That doubt is a really constant part of my walk with Christ. But I would venture to say for me and really for most of us, that our problem is often not a lack of faith, but that we give that faith no legs to stand on. You see, it's hard to trust a God that we don't know with promises that seem impossible. But when we know God for who he really is, when we know the power and the majesty of God and how he can do all things and work all things to his glory and the good of those who love him, when we see God as that God, the way that he's revealed himself to us, then all of a sudden the impossible doesn't seem so impossible. Abraham's awe-inspiring faith is a direct result of an intimate and personal knowledge of God. And that's the same kind of faith that we can have. But that faith requires work. That level of trust in God requires a deep level of devotion to knowing who God is. And as we're in this season of Advent, the season reminds us that God has made a promise. That God has promised us a life beyond life. And because of that, we have the calling to step out and trust that promise day after day and to do what sometimes feels like is an impossibility to go places that we don't know, to do things that we don't feel like we have the strength to do, and to be able to take those steps of faith, we need to trust in God. We need to trust that He is who He says He is and that He has the power to do what He says He'll do. And so that means we have to grow deeper in our knowledge of who He is that we need to spend that time in scripture and in prayer learning about that God and seeing him for who he really is 
to not simply have the kind of faith that Abraham had, but to have the kind of relationship with God that Abraham had with God. That when God says to go, we get up and go. When God says to do this, we get up and we do it. That we follow him wherever he leads because we know that whatever he calls us to do, that he has a plan, that he has a design, that he has a purpose. And as we grow deeper in our knowledge of who he is, we need to grow deeper in our love of who he is. And learn to not only hope in the promise, but to learn to love the promise giver and trust him and serve him with every ounce of who we are. And so as we move into this time of prayer, as you're going to have a chance, whether out loud or silently, to pray to the God who loves you and cares for you, maybe you need to ask for the kind of faith that Abraham has. And by asking for that kind of faith, you are also asking for that kind of a relationship that God would give you the passion and the desire to pursue him and to love him with your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to know him so deeply and so intimately that you trust him with everything that you have because he's trustworthy and he's faithful and he's kind and he's good. And as you develop that passion, pray that God would teach you not only to have the passion to know him, but then once you know him, And once you love him and once you trust him, that those things will become so overwhelming in your life that you would just move when he tells you to move, that you would go when he tells you to go, because that is how desperately and how deeply you trust in God. Let's pray. Psalm 105, 1-10 O give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him, sing praises to Him, tell of all His wondrous works. Glory in His holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in His strength, seek His presence continually. Remember, the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember his covenants forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute to Israel is an everlasting covenant.
Galatians 3, 1-9 O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness? Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Father God, teach us to love you the way that Abraham loved you. Teach us to know you the way that Abraham knew you. Give us that same passion and that same desire to not only have the faith to be able to go, but to know you so deeply and so intimately that there's not even a moment of hesitation. Help us to not only rest in your promise, but to rest in you as the promise giver. And as we sit in this season of Advent, thinking about our ultimate promise of Christ coming again to make everything right and everything new, let that promise drive us to do the work, to fulfill the mission that you've called us to be a part of in this world. Help us to go where you want us to go and do what you call us to do with the kind of faith that's counted as righteousness. God, we ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus who offered himself as a sacrifice on our behalf, your only son. Amen. As you go today, may you go with a desire to know God deeply, to love him passionately and intimately, and to trust him fully. And may that knowledge and that love and that trust manifest itself in your life as faith. The faith to do the impossible. The faith to go wherever you're called and to do all things for the glory of God because he is a promise keeper. He is faithful. He is good. And his promises are good. And as always, as you go, may you go with the gospel. Thank you for listening to An Invisible Ocean. My name is Chris Dills. I'm your host, and I'm the pastor of Redeeming Grace Community Church in Loganville, Georgia. If you like the show and you would like to support it, you could do it in several different ways. You can subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice review. You can follow our host, Subcreative Media, on different forms of social media, on Instagram and on Twitter, at the Subcreative. Or if you'd like to give financially, you can find us on Patreon and become a patron. You can go to patreon.com slash an invisible ocean and support us monthly, whether that's a little bit or a lot. Every little bit helps to go into making this podcast. 
Thank you for spending your time with me today. I hope your day is blessed by the goodness and grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. See you next time.